if people communicate like, you know what, here's how I'd like to be talked to or a better way of asking the questions, things like that, we can learn rather than shutting it down. We can get better and give each other feedback along the way. From 7CTOs, my name is Etienne De Bruin, and you're in the CTO studio. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the CTO studio. I, of course, am your host, Nikolai Walker, on the mic and in your ear, my favorite place to be with the content you want and the content you need. Now, we are part two into an interview with our featured speaker, Joni Connell, who is the founder of Flexible Work Solutions. And just as a recap, Last time we were talking about the act of asking questions is an outcome of curiosity. Curiosity leads to questions, not all questions represent curiosity. So I want to hand the mic over to Joni and ask her, could you please expound on that? Well, open-ended versus closed-ended questions for sure, right? I'm married to a lawyer. I get a lot of that, right? Isn't it true that (laughs) you're like, well, that's not really curious, but wondering. And, you know, you ask about how how to pose some of these too. I mean... I wonder is a great way to start, right? That shows curiosity and and not that like, I don't know the answer, but I wonder if this or or that is one way. So two things you said there that really hit for me. One is when we spoke about the empathy, to just name where you're coming from, I think is a wonderful coaching technique as well, right? To say, you know, if I can just say something or these are just my thoughts or if it were me, but I'm curious what you would say. So I think sometimes we skip that naming ourselves as a entity in the conversation and we're just speaking to or speaking at. And then I think the very simple technique of just saying, hey, this is me right now and I'm not projecting on you or I'm not making an assumption about you. I really love that as a technique. That sounded to me completely open-ended. Joni, can you just jump in and dig a little deeper into that for us, please? I think another piece, though, that maybe, I don't know if you were going in this direction, but that I would add, though, is no judgment. Assumptions and judgment, the curiosity piece is being open and giving somebody else the space to say something without judging them, but also the judgment will close it off. So that's also when you're talking about, we're going to have a brainstorming meeting. There's no judgment here. Any idea going to get written down and that'll spur other ideas. We judge others. We also judge ourselves. And sometimes that can prevent us from speaking up. Yeah, I was going to go to the the safety aspect of questions, because if you think about sprint planning, you think about doing what you said you were going to do, if you think about just the pressure that is on teams, relentless pressure to deliver it seems like questioning is inefficient and it seems like you said, you know, there's a time to ask questions. And where I was going to go with this a little bit was this notion of question everything as a culture, which to me feels dangerous and a little entitled. Like you said, there is a time to question, but there's never not a time to be curious. Well, certainly curiosity is important at all times, I would say, but when you need to focus and get something done. Now let's talk about teamwork, for example. You have some teams that are really efficient and they're more homogeneous, at least in their way of thinking or doing, right? They get something done. And sometimes we need that. We need a team that can really crank something out and get it done 
and deliver it exactly as specified. But then we also have teams that are innovating, right? Wow, we need a, a really good solution, a better solution. We need to beat the competition. We need to figure out how to get all of these pieces to work together. That's when you want more of the curiosity and creativity. Now, the issue that you raise is it's always good to be curious. I mean, you can always improve. So being curious about, wow, is our efficient team that's cranking this out really the best solution for this problem? Yes, absolutely. Raise that. And perhaps, again, like at the end of the cycle, bring it up and to improve for the next one. Or, I mean, if you're willing to halt everything, if it's that important, you know, like we're really going to miss our goal here, then of course, bring it up. But if you have somebody who's constantly asking and slowing the team down, that can also be a problem. So, you know, managing that as a leader, again, this is not easy to manage that. Yeah. And I, I think it comes back to not knowing the outcome and not being able to predict the outcome of the conversation. I mean, I feel safest when I know where the conversation's going. I know that people are hearing my directives or my the passion about why this work has to get done. I feel safest when I'm in the C-suite and I can see the nods and I'm able to get my point across. Everything else is terrifying to me. You know, Peter Senge has a lot to say about that, you know, in his book, The Fifth Discipline. He also has a book that he co-authored with others on presence. And there is a lot of the letting go, letting go of control and being open it is scary and is vulnerable, but it is important if you really want to you know, move forward to a deeper understanding or making change and understanding how things work or how somebody else is coming to a situation. So to me, I really think we're sort of honing in on a very important aspect of curiosity, which is letting go. And one of my friends recently said that it's letting go of expectations and expectations in a way sucks the energy out of curiosity. I have an expectation and therefore I am going to guide this conversation or this person towards my expectation versus saying I have no expectations. I am letting go and I am now with this person and now I'm curious. Now curiosity almost is a necessity to make this relationship work. And and that can take a bit of time too. It's one thing you were talking earlier about our sense of urgency and being so busy to get things done. I mean, how often do we let ourselves be curious? I mean, when we have 30 seconds, are we glancing at our phones to check the news or play a game or something like that and keep our minds occupied versus actually contemplating? Or when we're working with somebody Have we set up enough time in a meeting to actually ask them questions and listen to their answers versus we only have 20 minutes to dive in on the task. Let's get it done and make a decision and go. But sometimes a little time invested in this can actually save a lot of time later or make it better to work together over the long term. I think my sigh is just reflecting on my career and how infatuated I am with my own thoughts, how happy and secure I feel when I have the solution, 
how much time I spend on my communication skills so I can get my point across, the jokes I rehearse so that I can slip in some bad news right behind a really funny joke. And I'm realizing as I'm thinking about that, that that's all just me having a rich, delicious relationship with myself and how this word curiosity, which can so easily be categorized and put in a little shelf somewhere in a book, it's like, yeah, I'll be curious. When really everything about curiosity is the partnership and the intention you're setting with someone else, with your team, genuinely excited and expectant for what that partnership is going to produce. And that that the blood that pumps through those veins of the partnership is curiosity. You know, what you're making me think of is, I mean, what we do as adults to stifle curiosity. It makes me wonder why as a child I was told that curiosity killed the cat, but satisfaction brought him back. Aren't I supposed to be curious? I mean, children are the most curious, the most vulnerable. They have no inhibitions. I mean, babies, that's how they learn to to move. Wow, I got a hand. Well, what's that? You know, I mean, (laughs) they ask people questions. I mean, sometimes they can be quite brutal, you know, like daughters asked me when she was young, you're like, whoa, I'm trying to refrain from some of the examples that have been the most embarrassing, but that's exactly the point. It's embarrassing. It's humiliating, right? You don't want to talk about that. And then you say, oh, don't ask those questions, right? Don't do that. Or, oh, you know, you have to wear clothes when you go outside because you just can't, then you start stifling kids more and more. And as adults, we have that too. And in the workplace, we have these expectations. And as teammates, we have expectations. And so it does involve letting that down and and having an agreement. I mean, we do this at seven CTOs, we have team alliances, right? I mean, setting that at the expectation for the whole team to say, okay, we we can ask questions and nobody's going to say that's stupid or that's a terrible idea. You know, we can ask the questions and be supportive and say, oh, you know, thank you. You don't have to do it, but we can at least appreciate each other and be curious and have that vulnerability and tell each other when we're getting to an uncomfortable spot. So, you know, it's letting that guard down, the inhibitions down to be curious, but making everyone on the team feel safe to do that yet having some kind of structure around it so we can communicate how we have to work together. You're right. And I think that that structure is gold because inside of a partnership, there are, a friend of mine mentioned, like you said, the team alliance. If you set some basic rules or basic understandings for the partnership, in which curiosity can abound. You know, this kind of ties up the earlier comment around like there's a time and place for being curious. Well, the thing that I find quite fascinating and inspiring is is that we try and apply curiosity inside of randomness, which then can lead to interrogation, distrust, and not have the outcome. But if the intention is an alliance, it is a partnership, And inside of that partnership, like you said earlier, there is a definition of safety and an agreement that anything can be said and everything will be cleaned up afterwards. There's trust. You know, I think that forms an incredible foundation for curiosity. Yeah, I would agree. And I think the intention is there. And and 
the other part is that we're not perfect, right? When we're curious, we might say something and it might sound like it's interrogation. And maybe we just said it, we didn't say it in a way that was very approachable, or maybe the other person's very sensitive for some reason about, you know, that. I mean, we don't know, but if people communicate like, you know what, here's how I'd like to be talked to or a better way of asking the questions, things like that, we can learn rather than shutting it down. We can get better and give each other feedback along the way. And the the way to communicate in that environment, communicating with the intent to relate, I feel this. When you said that, I felt this versus the jumping to the person and bypassing that grounding of how you felt inside of that partnership or inside of that communication. Absolutely. Good feedback, giving techniques. Let's talk, just as we wrap up, maybe just talk a little bit about how to foster this in our teams with each other. So as a manager, I am now wanting my team to be more curious. And this is the interesting thing. Curiosity is not the means to the end. And maybe we can chat about this. The way I see it is curiosity is not the means to innovation and you know, all these wonderful thoughts. I feel like the intention or the commitment to each other is the means to curiosity, which then leads to the world of possibility. So I don't have to tell my team, be more curious. I have to coach my team to be more intentional and more safe with each other from whence curiosity will be a trait or a hallmark of the team. Does that sound right to you? Yeah, I would say building trust in the team would be another way of of putting that in a bigger picture, that people have to trust each other so that when they are curious, that they can be heard or that they're not offending others or that they are genuinely interested. Thank you again for joining us here in the CTO studio. And thank you again to Joni, the founder of Flexible Work Solutions. We will be back next week with another episode from her, and it will be the final portion of this segment all about curiosity. And speaking of that topic, I do invite you to go check out www.0111conf.com. Also, I invite you to go subscribe to this podcast. It is available in iTunes. And again, we will see you next week.